All right, let's talk a little bit more about that in some NFL and college football with our man, Matt Holt, U.S. Integrity. What's up, brother? TC, how we doing? We're doing great, man. All right, you hear me talking, ranting and raving a little bit. Give me your baseball thoughts over the weekend. Well, I have to say that, I mean, Houston's unbelievable. They've been awesome. But I think that Philly, I mean, they just feel like the undervalued team of the entire playoffs. And I'll tell you, it's amazing what one incident in a game can mean to an entire postseason. Let's look back and wonder what happens if St. Louis doesn't blow that ninth inning lead to the Philadelphia Phillies in game one. Are we even talking about the Phillies? Right now, I think that was a killer to the Cardinals. And then, of course, they just have all this momentum going against the Braves. I think the one thing we have to look at is in the NL, the Dodgers and the Braves both looked like teams that sat on the shelf maybe too long, got a little rusty, advantage to the teams that had been playing. And and we saw that with Houston in the opener as well, too, as it took them a while to get going. Again, they didn't have the, the rally and the comeback with the Alvarez homer and, you know, Pena getting on there uh, until late in game number one. And, yeah, this is uncharted territory for all of these teams because, again, we've never had a team with a, with five to six days off. I mean, you don't even have that much time off, Matt, during the All-Star break, you know? And in, in some of your guys are even playing during that time. But, you know, in the most meaningful time of the year, the most important games of the year, yeah, you don't want that. I don't know if Major League Baseball can take a look at that, but probably not because if you're going to institute, you know, a best three out of game, you know, two out of three for that opening round, you've got nothing you can do, and you think you're rewarding these teams by giving them the bye, but you're right. The teams with the mojo outside of Houston, uh, you know, they, they, they reap the rewards of the postseason and getting to the championship series. And I think on a game-to-game basis, TC, we'd all agree – that on a singular game basis, home field advantage means the least in, in of any sport in terms of what it means to the betting lines. It has meant nothing in these playoffs. There has been no home team advantage as other than the Houston Astros and the Guardians in round one. It has been all road teams. Yeah, and, and you're right about that. So you talk about the Dodgers, you know, Matt, and again, Dave Roberts, the way – He mismanaged this thing again, lifting Tyler Anderson out again. And we've seen it so much with Roberts. And this isn't just picking on Dave Roberts this time. It goes back years and years. We saw it with Kershaw. We saw it with Max Scherzer when he was there. Again, asking starters to come in relief. And then, of course, you know, pulling starters when they have no hitters going and when they're sailing. But here in Tyler Anderson's situation, in an elimination game, this guy gets pulled after the fifth inning, and he's given up no runs. All right, two hits in this game, has six strikeouts, and he gets lifted. And he gets lifted for what? He gets lifted for Chris Martin, Tommy Canale, uh, Yency Almonte, Alex Vesia, and Evan Phillips. Are you kidding me? And in this day and age, Matt, it is very hard to have three pitchers combine to get three outs when these relief pitchers have to throw to three hitters. And the Padres had the five runs in the bottom of the seventh. The Dodgers went through all of those pitchers there. I mean, it took three pitchers to collect three outs in the seventh. Yeah, and it just it sort of seems, TC, with the way everybody micromanages and as few innings as we get from starters in the postseason anymore, that starting pitching means a little less than it used to, yet we all know the wagering lines on the series price as well as the game-by-game lines 
are almost entirely based off starting pitching, yet they get to the bullpen so fast in these games. I think maybe we have to look at it differently, a little more holistic, because starting pitching didn't really seem to be the key, I think, to winning in the postseason thus far. Yeah, I think for the most part, I think you're right. And then from a wagering standpoint, you're absolutely correct. And then this is where you can find value. I mean, if you know that you have a manager like Roberts that is going to pull his starter, I mean, you you can really think about, okay, you know, taking taking the other side or taking a dog in this matter because we know the Dodgers were such such heavy favorites. Do you think we get to a point, because we saw many books just kind of abolish, you know, listing pitchers, and then it got got brought back because, you know, it's been part of Major League Baseball for so long and, and from a betting standpoint, but we've seen it, like you said, the line is based on that. Do you think we get to a point where we don't even bother listing pitchers at all anymore? Well, I think that list not listing pitchers is becoming very popular, and we'll, we'll get to that point here very quickly within a year or two. I just wonder if we're overvaluing their, you know, the actual wagering lines based on the starting pitcher. But I guess at the end of the day, when you look at, like, you know, the San Diego Padres, they actually did lean on their starters heavily, and it probably was reflective to use their starting pitching when considering the lines. Like Joe Musgrove, you know, went six innings strong against the Dodgers, went seven innings against the Mets. They didn't feel the need to micromanage lefty versus righty matchup all the time, and they've been a lot more successful in the postseason for it. Yep, Astros the exact same way. I mean, you're only going to see Justin Verlander get pulled out if he's getting racked. And that is the situation. Framber Valdez, he's going to go innings as well, too. And, uh, you know, Lance McCullers. And when you look at those guys, and then when you have guys out of the bullpen that you can bring in, you know, like Garcia, which we saw in game three there in, in Seattle. I mean, huge advantage, I think, for the Astros. And I've said all along, Matt, that pitching is going to be the demise for the Dodgers as well as the Yankees. And now when you look at game number five tonight, Okay, elimination game for both teams. And you've got Jamison Talion going against Aaron Savali. I do not want my season coming down to Aaron Savali or even Jamison Talion, for that matter, considering what these guys have done during the course of really their entire career. Now, you take Tyon, for example, Aaron Boone. And again, I put him in that same category as Dave Roberts, just doesn't know what the heck he's doing. You take Ty and you say, okay, you've been a starter all year. You know what? Well, we're moving you to the bullpen. Okay, you move him and Domingo Herman to the bullpen. So basically these guys are going to be middle relievers or long relief guys. Basically what he's saying is you're not good enough to start. But the most important game of the entire season, Matt, who are they going with? Jamison Tyon. It's just crazy to, to see how these guys are operating. It has been crazy, and you know we already saw the Yankees blow a save in this series already and give one up. At least with Jamison Tyon, we do know that this is a guy who was a fairly successful starter. I mean, I guess depending on what metrics you use, you know that'll really catalyze whether you think his season was a success. But a guy who was fourteen and five had an ERA, you know, a sub four at least. You know, this feels like a spot where I'm okay backing him on the other side, Savali. This is a guy, I mean, oh my goodness, his peripheral numbers are bad, and I would be really worried, and I think he's probably going to be on a very short leash here tonight. 
Yeah, probably. Get, you know, but uh, Cleveland is in better shape to go that routine with their bullpen because, yeah. you know, they manage it better and the Yankees have so many holes in there. I mean, again, when you go to, you know, Peralta in the Yankee bullpen, if I have the Yankees, I'm cringing. I'm ready to tear up a ticket. And if I'm betting against the Yankees and Peralta's coming out, I'm just like salivating. This guy's blown five saves this year. He's pitched the last three games in a row. But then again, on the flip side, you got Aaron Boone saying, well, wait a minute, you know, Clay Holmes, who's our closer de facto, he's the guy, well, he can't go, you know, back-to-back games. So I mean, you just don't know what you're going to get with the Yankees. If I'm back in the Yankees tonight, and I'd like to play the Yankees, I really would, because I think that, you know, Tyon, you're right, he's better than Savali, but we know that the Guardians' bullpen is better than the Yankees, as odd as that uh uh, you know, sounds to say, but it's true, right? I mean, with the Yankees, you know, payroll and, and, and the guys they had, the arms, I mean, they had a role as Chapman. They didn't know what to do with him. Oh, he's our closer. He's our setup guy. Uh, now he's middle reliever. Okay, now you're gone. Okay, we, we, we don't have time for you. Get out of here. It's, it's crazy. It's hard for me, anyway, to make a case of backing either one of these teams in this game uh, basically from uh, the pitching standpoint. And then from an offensive standpoint, we're all kind of afraid of the Yankees' offense like going against them. Like, wow, they, I mean, come on. They got Judge. You know, you got Rizzo. You got Stanton. Okay, that's that's a scary lineup there, right? And then the flip side with Cleveland, I don't trust their offense because, for the most part, they haven't scored in the postseason. Yeah, and I think it's fair to say that Jose Ramirez has been the best hitter uh, in this series throughout the entire playoffs. Ramirez has been really good. He's hitting three thirty three in the playoffs. The only thing that worries me, and I guess I'd ask to, like to ask your thoughts on this, TC, is Aaron Savale hasn't thrown a pitch in the postseason. What is it going to be like for him coming in? Is he fresh or is he really rusty? Because he has not thrown a pitch in an awful long time. October 4th was the last time that he threw a pitch. And, uh, again, when you go back to his, his starts, now he actually won his last two starts. But before that, he did not win a decision the seven previous times. And, you know, hence the reason why this guy was pretty much left out of the rotation here. Uh, yeah, I don't trust him at all. And again, you know, you mentioned his, his ERA number, not very good uh, at all. So, again, like I said, I do not want my season on the line hanging the balance with Aaron Savali. Look, I, I know this too, TC. While a lot of people are going to be watching Monday Night Football tonight, I got a feeling you and I, as sort of baseball historians, we're both tuned into the elimination game tonight. You got to be, right, man? In Yankee Stadium, too, right? In the That's Bronx, right. Yankee Stadium. I mean, that just adds another element. And, you know, in Cleveland, you know, those games are exciting to watch, too, because those. You know, well, the Guardian fans, I still want to say Indians, but the Guardian fans, I mean, they show up. They show out as well, too. They're passionate. And, again, they were so close to winning that World Series in 2016. They lost to the Cubs in Game 7. But, you know, Terry Francona, I will take him over Aaron Boone any day of the week, twice on Sunday, or, or I guess, you know, twice on Monday. So I think it's it's interesting. And for me, it's a coin flip game. I'm a little shocked that this line is around 150, Matt. It should be closer to a pick I 100% agree, TC. I like the underdog tonight as well. And at the end of the day, there's going to be a little rain going on tonight. So at the end of the day, you add in a little weather, which I think benefits Cleveland, the team that's more likely to manufacture a run if needed. 
the fact that both starters are a little bit unpredictable here. Certainly the Guardians have had the better bullpen, and to your point, probably have the better manager. A lot of signs point to the Guardians here at a pretty generous plus price. Yeah, and final thing here about the weather that you mentioned, it looks like we are going to have a delay in this game, but they do anticipate that they are going to get the game in. They are going to make sure because they don't want to keep teams over tomorrow because game one is slated you know, for Houston um, you know, on Wednesday. So uh, they do not want to carry this game over to Tuesday. So they're going to definitely try to get this in, but it wouldn't surprise me if it starts off with a rain delay and keep an eye on that. And, of course, as we know, you know that has a lot to do with the, with the pitching as well too. Um, see if these guys get warmed up properly, if they start warming up, and then they, they you know call a halt to the game. Uh, we could be going through these bullpens a lot. And, and the total in this game, Matt, is 7.5. For two ham and egg starting pitchers, you kind of would lean towards the over, but I don't know if the if the if the rain or or the weather may you know maybe knock that down a little bit. Yeah, I, and I I worry about the weather here for the total. I, I agree that it feels like a game where we should finally see some runs, but neither offense other than Jose Ramirez has really been all that hot. And of course, Harrison Bader won't get to face Cal Quantrill tonight, which has been a big part of the Yankees' offense. Just that literal matchup, Bader versus Quantrill. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, I'm going to stay away from the total, take a little shot with the underdog here, and, and go watch Game 5. You got it, brother. All right, before we let you go, a quick take on the NFL weekend. Uh, give us give us your thoughts on what stood out for you. Man, underdogs continue to roll during this season. It is unbelievable. The highest percentage of underdogs now that have hit through this many weeks, I think in 18 years. But what's really interesting is some of these teams where we thought, oh, they'll come around, you know, the Green Bay Packers, some of these teams just have real problems, and I'm not sure that they're going to just come around. The Baltimore Ravens defense, the Green Bay Packers offensive line, the San Francisco 49ers inability to score points when they need it. At some point, we just have to say, look, there's more parity in the NFL this year than we've seen in a long time, other than the fact that the Buffalo Bills and the Philadelphia Eagles are awful gosh darn good. Yeah, a tremendous game there with Buffalo and Kansas City. Definitely lived up to the hype here. Matt, we do have a Monday night game tonight. Like I said, we will be going back and forth. And from a a book's perspective here, do you think that you're going to get more handle on this game just by itself tonight with Denver and the Chargers, or will it be the Yankees and the Guardians? I think the football game will do more handle just because it always does. But I think the baseball handle might do better than expected as the baseball numbers have been really, really strong this fall. I think we've had some compelling matchups. You know what I can't understand? You know, Denver has done nothing but struggle on offense. Russell Wilson is a shell of himself. All the big bets I've seen in the last three hours in the lead-up to this game, TC, have all been on the Denver Broncos. That line was five and a half earlier today. It's all the way down to four at most books, and we've seen lots of six-figure bets coming in on the Denver Broncos. I don't get it, but a lot of love for the underdog in this division game tonight. And I was going to ask you to explain that, too, because I, I like the Chargers in this spot, and I know that are, you know several sharp guys are on uh, the Broncos, the problems that Russell Wilson has, the offense in general, and plus Russell Wilson getting the, the injection, the shot with that you know throwing shoulder. I mean, that that is a serious injury, Matt. And uh, I it, it's hard for me to see people you know back in the Broncos, especially, in my opinion, the Chargers really have started to turn the corner now. 
Yeah, absolutely. It started to turn the corner. Yeah, I think they're starting to get a little healthier, obviously still missing Keenan Allen. But Justin Herbert was banged up. We all remember the second half of that Kansas City game when he went out, the rib problems he had, and you know all the issues surrounding it. But I think he's starting to get healthy from that rib injury. This defense is really strong, and you had a new coach sort of figuring some things out. There's a reason why this was one of the five most wagered on teams to win the Super Bowl before the season started. This L.A. Chargers team is loaded. They just have talent everywhere. They hit that secret formula of having a quarterback on his rookie deal, surrounded by immense talent. This looks like a team that could be a challenger to Kansas City and Buffalo in the in the AFC. On the other side, there has not been an offense in the AFC, I think, that's been more disappointing than the Denver Broncos. And it's not like they just started slow and figuring things out. They're getting progressively worse, TC. And look, Russell Wilson, he can't blame it on the Seattle Seahawks anymore. This is just deterioration of a guy in his career, physical, mental deterioration. He doesn't seem like a guy who can handle the speed of the NFL anymore. Matt and I on the Chargers tonight, and uh, again, you know, uh, Sharps uh, on on Denver, and uh, we'll see where the public uh, goes uh, with this tonight. Brother, I appreciate you joining us. Great stuff as always. Matthew Holt, U.S. Integrity. Keep on keeping on, my man. Thanks, TC. Best of luck tonight. Take care. There it is. All right, there we go. Matt Holt.